The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. What is going on, everybody? Welcome to the latest episode of the First Attempt Podcast brought to you by SB Nation and Blogging the Boys. I am Tony Catalina, as always, alongside Aiden Davis. And Aiden, before we get started here, I just want to wish you a happy Easter. For those listening to it on Monday morning, I told you all on Twitter, we would be recording this on Easter Sunday. So happy Easter, my friend. How was your day? It's always a great day when you have golf, you have family, you have I got some good food in me today. So it's it was essentially an all around good Sunday. Yeah, you know, that's the thing. I'm such a um I'm such a holiday person. Like my, my wife is, you know, whether it's Christmas, New Year's, anything like that, she's like, I know you're gonna get up for it because I, I value <laughs> it. You know what I mean? I'm a family guy, Italian, you know, it's the tradition. Um, I enjoy it. And if you give me a reason to eat a, a copious amount of food and drink some, you know, adult beverages, I'm gonna take that. So for me, I'm definitely an occasion guy. So I love Easter. Where does Easter fall on your holiday power ranking? Wow. Um, that's a great question. I would think it's probably <laughs> It's in the top five, but it's probably number five. You know, if I had to look think quickly, I would say Christmas. I agree. Thanksgiving. I'd say, yeah, I agree with that. And then I'd probably go um Fourth of July. I Halloween's actually high up on my list okay. just because I like Hall I'm a Halloween guy. But okay. Fourth of July is up there too. And then I would probably even throw in the sleeper Memorial Day weekend just because of the weekend really? itself because it's <laughs> it's the summer like for me like i know in texas it's always warm but in massachusetts yeah. it doesn't even get like even begin to get warm until june so at least in may i'm like all right we survived the snow you know what i mean <laughs> so i always love memorial day weekend because it felt like the kickoff to like the weather i enjoy I, maybe it's just maybe it's not a big thing in the south but to me memorial day it's like uh, yeah it's a like obviously sell the not taking into account the reason for celebrating Memorial Day is obviously a very important reason, but it's more of like, yeah, we celebrate it, but it's not it's not Fourth of July big or like even, in my opinion, Easter big in the South. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe my family's anomalous in that. 
Yeah, or maybe I'm crazy. Maybe if anybody who's listening, tell us on Twitter if like if Memorial Day weekend is a, an absurd uh, take. And I'm fine with that. Somebody could tell me I'm crazy, but I just love the weekend because it's like I said, it's cookouts. It's it's people. It's in my area. It's like, listen, we're going to open the pool. It's still maybe cold, but like we're going to jump in the pool and, you know, you probably start going to the beach. And I know me and you, you talked about you're going to go visit the Cape at some point this summer. Yeah. Um that's when the Cape Cod like starts to be crazy where there's a lot of people. It's a lot of, you know, that's it's just a good feeling for me. So um, before while we're talking about rankings, give me your top three favorite things to eat on Easter. I know we had talked about this earlier, but um, is it chocolate? Is it a meal? Is it the ham? Like, what is it for, about Easter that you love? So one of my I'm not a big chocolate guy, just a, a peek behind the curtain. I rarely ever eat sweets. The two occasions that I will eat sweets is Christmas and Easter. So number one for me is the chocolate, specifically like the Reese's eggs or the Reese's bunny. In fact, like chocolate's number one. Ooh, number two. Number two, I'm going to go sometime. We used to have hmm, number two. We always have a breakfast casserole on Easter honestly breakfast casserole i always associate with christmas but i guess we also have it on easter i'm a big breakfast casserole guy so i'll put that number two number three man we always give me the rolls i'm a same this is very similar to my christmas slash thanksgiving power (laughs) ranking outside of the chocolate but give me rolls for number three okay and so the rolls is interesting. I mean, you always need a roll. It's like a meal, like completer. But I don't know if I'm gonna like qualify it as something that's like in my top. Um, I'm a big carb guy. Okay, all right. I I can get down with carbs. You know, I definitely enjoy it. Um, but for me, if I had to start at number three, I would say number three is Cadbury eggs. I love chocolate Cadbury yep. eggs. So um, I love those. Number two for me is the ham, like a honey glazed ham with little bits of pe- pineapple and cherry on it. It's, it's 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 awesome. I love that, especially with the sandwiches after the end of the night. But number one, and we had talked about this earlier, is I need deviled eggs. We had talked about how much I love deviled eggs. So that's my number one favorite thing on Easter. And if it was Christmas, it'd probably be number one. If it was New Year's, it'd probably be number one. So I'm all in on a really good deviled egg. If if my family, if we had ever had deviled eggs on Easter, that would be my number one. I'm I'm okay. completely on board with you. Deviled eggs are amazing. Last question before we get into Cowboys topics after spending a lot of time on <laughs> food. Are you more of a ham or a turkey guy? Man, so I've actually had this debate, and I would say I I like ham better than turkey overall, but like, there's nothing like a Thanksgiving turkey to me. So I think on a day-to-day basis, I would prefer ham over turkey in 99% of the situation. But if you're talking strictly holidays, turkey on turkey day is the number one thing for me. I think we might have the same opinion. My thing is, is it's a lot harder to mess up a ham than it is to mess up. Like a perfect turkey is like 10 out of 10. Yes. But an okay turkey to me is like three out of 10. <laughs> a, a great ham is like, Eight out of ten, an okay ham is like six out of ten. To me, it's just like you're you're playing it safer with ham. So I most right. of the time go with ham. You're right. And, and you know, like I said, we will talk about football. You said this earlier, but <laughs> you can give somebody who's not as seasoned in the kitchen a ham to cook, and you know it's gonna come out okay. But if you give yeah. somebody who's never cooked a turkey before on Thanksgiving, that's like that's like a two-minute drive in the fourth quarter of the Super Bowl. <laughs> like everything's on the line there. So I don't know if I would give a rookie the ball in that situation, but you're right about the ham. Like I can go out there and throw it in the oven and be fine. But <laughs> um, and 
yeah, you can also put like a good Dijon on a ham. Yes. Like you can throw the condiments on the ham. You can do that's that. It. You can't as really do that with turkey. As soon as we're done recording here, that's exactly what I'm going to do. I'm going to make a ham sandwich. I'm going to throw a little, little mayo, a little mustard, um, a little piece of pineapple and some cherry and call it a day. And then I'll, Ooh. you know, fall asleep right after shortly after. <laughs> but um, somebody who is, having a great Easter, somebody who is not a cowboy, but did sign and sign for a big deal is OBJ. And as we record this, this happened, this news dropped about 45 minutes ago, an hour ago or so, where OBJ has officially signed with the Baltimore Ravens. One year deal up to $18 million with the meat of the deal being 15 million. What is your initial reaction from Aiden Davis? And then look at it from a cowboy spin. And did the Cowboys dodge a bullet in this, uh, in this kind of situation? For my perspective for Aiden Davis is okay. The Ravens got a little bit better and I am very, 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 very thankful that he is not a cowboy after seeing this contract. There is in no world would I be willing to give OBJ $15 million, especially after we just found out we can pay, we can get Brandon cooks for a fifth round pick and pay him. What's he going to, what, what did it end up settling at this year? Like $5 million, $6 million for Brandon, $6 million. Yeah, exactly. So give me that, like, Give 10 times out of 10, give me Brandon Cooks on that deal any day. So Steven and Jerry Jones, you know what? I don't blame. I've been in on OBJ a little bit. I've always said at the right price tag, I'm in on OBJ. $15 million plus an extra $3 million potentially in, in incentives is not the right deal. So for me, I think this is like congratulations for getting the bag, OBJ. We're rooting for you to succeed after all the all these years of injuries. But I don't want to play that experiment for $18 million, not in Dallas. And I think the Cowboys dodged a bullet on this one. Yeah, I'm I'm excited that it's over with, right? We don't have to do the what if. I think when Brandon Cook signed, that was the end of the what if for the Cowboys. But as long as OBJ wasn't signed, there was going to be conversations, people talking about it, even if they're right or wrong about it. Um, but I will say, we had talked about this earlier before the show. It's a win-win for both parties, like Baltimore gets a receiver they can show um you know Lamar that they're in good faith like hey look at like we're trying to bring pieces around you stick around and at the same time OBJ got the number of 15 million dollars whereas he wanted to be now on the Cowboys side of things um we they weren't going to pay that I mean I no. wouldn't want them to pay that and you know it's um I think he could have shown value to this team but the moves they've made in that type of money it was better you know better put, spent elsewhere so um the Cowboys, I don't know if dodging the bullet is the right term, but, you know, they definitely um, sidestep that. You know what I mean? That's good, and I'm glad that saga is over with and all the league has left to worry about is Aaron Rodgers and when he's going to be a Jet here. But as far as OBJ goes, um, good for him and good for the Cowboys. And so, Michael, do you think that is there any world that, like, is OBJ even 1% chance, is there a – and what likelihood in your mind is OBJ a $15 million receiver slash 15 slash 18 with incentives? Like, is there any world where OBJ steps on the football field this year and is like, oh man, maybe the Cowboys should have paid him 15 million. No, I, I you know, it would have to be like an explosion on the scene here. And it would have to Agreed. be like, it'd have to be a super impressive. Now OBJ is a super talented guy. He has shown the ability. He's, you know, was one knee injury away from being a Super Bowl MVP. Um, you know, so 
yes, the talent is there to be worth the $15 million price tag. But for you to pay for that now, I don't think anybody's going to ever look at that and be like, yeah, that's a good move. You know what I mean? That's just, it's a move that a desperate team makes. And you know, if, the, if you want to categorize the Ravens as a desperate team, I wouldn't really object to that in this situation. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm completely on board with you. I just think that at his absolute ceiling at this point in in his career, he's like 1B with Rashad Bateman. And emphasis on the B, I think most likely what's going to happen is he's going to be a middle-of-the-road wide receiver two next season. And that's not a knock against OBJ. Wide receiver twos are absolutely necessary, and the Cowboys learned that last year. A, every team needs a good wide receiver two. But to pay a wide receiver to $18 million, that's just not a good investment. So to me, I think, yeah, overall, Jerry made the right move, which is not something that I can say a lot. For sure. And, you know, speaking of good moves and investment in the right area, we're going to pivot to our next topic here, which is we had talked about the top 30 visits that the Cowboys had lined up or reportedly had lined up last week. We only had 15 names on the board last year or last week, excuse me. This week we have 27. So the, the picture is much more clear. Or like I said, last week we're running Italian on blogontheboys.com. So that will get updated as other games come out here. So Aiden, if you don't mind, I'm going to run through the 27 names real quick. And then I'll kind of explain what we're going to do for our segment. Some of these names you heard last week, but as a refresher, the Cowboys are beating with Quentin Johnson, wide receiver from TCU. Zay Flowers, wide receiver from Boston College. Darnell Wright, offensive tackle from Tennessee. Darnell Washington, tight end from Georgia. Steve Avila, old lineman from TCU. Emmanuel Forbes, cornerback from Mississippi State. True Sanders, linebacker from Arkansas. Josh Downs, wide receiver from North Carolina. Trenton Simpson, linebacker Clemson. Jalen Hyatt, wide receiver Tennessee. Marty Mapu, linebacker Sacramento State. Jack Quenlin Roy, D-tackle LSU. Tyreek Stevenson, cornerback Miami. Vilami Fahoku, D-lineman San Jose, San Jose State. Zach Evans, running back Ole Miss. Jonathan Mingo, wide receiver Ole Miss. Clayton Toon, quarterback Houston. Kendra Miller, running back TCU. Tanner McAllister, safety Ohio State. DeMar, DeMarvian Overshawn, linebacker Texas. Cameron Latu, tight end Alabama. Antonio Mafi, O-lineman UCLA. Brandon Willis, tight end Oklahoma. Payne Durham, tight end Purdue, Tyler Lacey, D Lyman, Oklahoma State, BJ Thompson, Edge, Stephen F. Austin, uh, Ilm Manning, O Lyman, Hawaii, and Darrell Johnson, linebacker, Liberty. So, um, as I say, all those names, and that's a lot to digest. And if you're listening to this on the podcast, you can rewind that if you heard a name or missed a name. That's a lot of people. That's 27 guys. So I apologize for doing that, but want you guys to take a full, clear picture. And before we kind of get to the segment, I want to start here initially. Some names. Now, we talked about 15, so there's 12 new names there. Anybody that you see on this list that's popped out to you that we didn't get a chance to touch on last week that you want to kind of sing the praises or have an interesting thought about? Remind me, did we talk about DeMarvion Overshawn last week? We did not. Okay. Then that's the name that I want to talk about because, to me, DeMarvion Overshawn is fits Dan Quinn's system and, more specifically, fits what the Cowboys need to a T. DeMarvion Overshawn in if you didn't know, like I'm, I'm a Texas fan. I'm openly root for UT, but I'm also, I don't think of myself as a homer in terms of, I want the Cowboys to get every UT player. DeMarvian Overshawn is an example of a guy that I just think is a perfect fit for the Cowboys because I've been watching him for four years, hyper athletic linebacker. He'd play that off. Like if you want a guy who's can be an off ball linebacker that you can trust to reliably make tackles 
and get one in the fifth round, to me, that's Marvin Overshawn. I mean, I don't think he's he's not going to be a stud linebacker. He's never going to be. Um, I don't think he's ever going to be the Cowboys' focal point on defense, nor will he ever be. I don't think he's really a consistent starter. But if we're looking at a guy who, like, the Cowboys don't have a lot of depth at linebacker right now, and so outside of, like, you're still relying on guys like, is Jabril Cox, how is he working out? To me, DeMarvian Overshawn would come into this team and he would fit what the Cowboys need, which is just competition at the linebacker committee especially athletic linebackers that the Cowboys like selecting in later rounds, especially linebackers that, yeah, there's question marks around them. And the question mark with the Marvian Overshawn, there's not any injury or off the field issues. It's just, you're taking a linebacker with the, in the fifth round. Like he's, he's a guy that at the fifth round you can take, and he's going to compete for a roster spot, which is all you can ask at that point. Now, how do you No, I'll ask you this before I kind of give my initial thought. Um, Devin Harper or Overshawn, right off the rip. Um, how do you feel? Comparable? Would you think Overshawn may be able to step in and be a better, more impactful early on? I think our Overshawn's a little bit, he has a little bit more athleticism to him. I mean, we didn't get to see a lot of Devin Harper last season. I know he contri- he was a decent contributor on special teams. I think d- likely DeMarvion Overshawn would be, we're talking about a very similar player here, but if you want a little bit more upside, a guy with a little bit more athleticism, like DeMarvion Overshawn commonly, he, he would shift over the safety position, especially if it, it was, he was like kind of a coverage linebacker at times. Like I, I think he, he has that upside. So I'd go DeMarvion Overshawn's a little bit more athletic than Harper. I love that you bring up the linebacker and I, you know, funny, I love it because, you know, you went to Texas and that's your guy or, you know, somebody that you went to school with. So I love that you brought that up, but more so I love the fact because linebacker is a need. I think a lot of yep. people understand that linebacker is a need. Um, and, you know, I look at these guys and you see that Drew Sanders is on this list and, and a lot of people, I mean, I think it's a little ridiculous and probably not fair to him, but a lot of people compare Drew Sanders to Micah Parsons and in, in the style of play. Now, Drew Sanders is a dog and he does a lot of animalistic things out there that you just love <laughs> to have in the middle of your defense. But whether it's Overshawn later or Drew Sanders early, however they handle that, I think it's safe to say that linebacker will be in this year's draft plans. But what I'm looking at, for somebody, you know, initially that we didn't get to talk about last week, and I've talked about him on the show before, um, Zay Flowers. I mean, Zay Flowers is a stud wide receiver. There is some rumblings, and we had talked about it, that, you know, he may be the first wide receiver off the board. I don't know if it's real. I don't know if it's just smoke because it's that time of year. But I personally would not be shocked if Zay Flowers was the first wide receiver taken off the board. So that makes it tough in the sense that I don't think he'll make it to Dallas. But if he's to find a way to be at 26, I'm sprinting Forrest Gump style to the, to the draft board. I mean, to the you know, the podium with that card. And I'm taking Zay Flowers. This guy is not who they typically draft is is compared to size. He's like about 5'10 and some change. Um, I think he's about 184 now, and that's after putting on about 10, 15 pounds in the draft process. Not an overly big guy, but a playmaker. Dynamic goes attacks the football. Is somebody who is a, a route technician, somebody that is um, aggressive. He, he runs really well with the football in his hand after the catch. He is just somebody that... He's going to go to a team and he's going to blow, um, you know, the lid off of a defense. And that's just 
undeniable skill. And what makes me super scared about him, honestly, is that he's I'm I'm afraid he's gonna end up in the NFC East. Mm-hmm. We're gonna have to deal with him, you know, twice a year. So I, I love the fact that they're meeting with Zay Flowers. I love the fact that they're able to look at smaller wide receivers. And if he's there, man, I'm I'm ready to make the move. Is he your number one wide receiver? Like if you were I don't know if you've ranked the wide receivers in this year's draft class. There's a decent amount of talent. Is yeah. he your number one? I think he's my number one. I know Jackson Smith and Jigba is most people's number one. And I know, you know, he's warranted because he's a stud, but call it Massachusetts bias. Call it because I've seen like every game he's played because he played at Boston College. I I love Zay Flowers, man. I think he's an absolute star. And, you know, if the Cowboys are able to get him, I'd probably have that same feeling I did about CeeDee Lamb falling at 17 a few years ago. I'm I'm completely sold on Zay Flowers. Um, I mean, we'll talk about this a little bit later, but I am sold on the Cowboys. I'm completely pushing my chips in on... I wouldn't say pushing my chips in might be a little bit dramatic. I am very, very, very in on the Cowboys taking a wide receiver at 26 and just saying, okay, last year we clearly had lost that dynamic trio of CD Cooper, um, Gallup. One year later, let's just rebuild and have one of the better wide receiver cores in the NFL again, because clearly that works. I am all in on the Cowboys taking a wide receiver at 26. And to me, Zay Flowers, I would not be disappointed with at all. He is like you said, a dog, and I, I'm in on Zay Flowers for sure. And like, and that's the thing. The Cowboys. We said this before, but the Cowboys have set themselves up in a spot where I really don't know outside of tight end if I would be upset with anything they do at the first round. Like, I don't want them to go tight end. I feel like that's a true luxury pick for this team at this point. But anywhere else outside of maybe running back and tight end, like you can't go wrong to me. Lineman, D lineman, linebacker you know, wide receiver, cornerback, whatever you want to do. Like I'm pretty much on board because they've earned the trust and they've earned that with their player acquisition, this free agency period. So I feel really good about that. Um, Kind of pivoting to the topic that we were going to talk about here. We're going to talk about, uh, did you raise your hand? I'm sorry. I didn't see if you'd raise your hand. Yeah. There. Quick question. We, I mean, you, we touched on Drew Sanders a little bit, and this is a name that I am absolutely interested in. I'm just don't think I'm interested in at 26. Do you think, Drew Sanders, the two-part question. A, do you think Drew Sanders can make it to, let's call it like pick 39, 40-ish, 41? And do you think the Cowboys should trade up if he makes it that far? I, You know, it's it's interesting because I think the talent is supreme. I think he's a guy that's a stud. And how I feel about him and why I probably wouldn't is because of the value at the position, right? Outside, yeah. you know, off the ball linebackers is not something I'd be comfortable moving up for. But if he's sitting there and falls in your lap at 58 by any chance at all, I'm I'm I love that pick. I love that pick at 58. I don't know if I want to give up future draft, you know, capital or current draft capital to get him, but you bring Drew Sanders into the fold with uh, you know, Leighton Van Der Esch and uh Jabril Cox and a Damone Clark, linebacker set. I mean, linebacker is good, and you feel really good about it for the next, you know, decade. So, um, I would love to find a way, but it's because of the position I want it to fall organically for us. I think, yeah, we feel the same way about Drew Sanders. I don't want him at twenty six, and I don't want to move up for him. But if I mean, I also don't think he's going to make it to pick like our our second round pick. So, he's he kind of falls in that gray area where I don't think the Cowboys would get him but if he if he somehow makes it to the second round I'm in on that 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Yep, totally agree. So um, getting to this segment here, um, we had talked about the first round pick and we had talked about the 27 uh, people that we know confirmed that they're going to meet with or have met with. Um, we're going to whittle it down, right? We're going to take the top number, 10 names. And if you go to the blog on the boys, we have a running tracker of this. Player rankings are based on the CBS board. So each of these guys are put in order based on how CBS has them ranked. And we're going to look at the top 10. And Aiden and I are going to put together our top three of who we would be comfortable with or want taken pick at 26. So just for a refresher for the podcast audience listening, Quentin Johnson at 13, Zay Flowers at 20, Darnell Wright at 23, Darnell Washington at 34, Steve Avila at 36, Emmanuel Forbes at 40, Drew Sanders at 42, Josh Downs at 46, Trenton Simpson at 59, and Jalen Hyatt at 65. Those are the top 10 highest rated guys that the Cowboys have met with in their top 30 visits. Um, I'll let you go first, Aiden. Um, give me your three. Start at three. I like a little dramatic here. So who's your third highest rated guy? You'd be comfortable with them picking at 26. Yeah, this is, uh, I th- I'm, I might break your heart here, Tony, because I don't, you might have foreshadowed a little bit. I'm going number three. I'm going Zay Flowers. Ooh. Like I said, I like I said, I'm and this is going to be a theme with my top three. I want the Cowboys to go wide receiver at 26. I'm completely sold on it. I just think that there are there's spoiler one better name on this list that I I want at receiver ahead of Zay Flowers. So to me, I'd be if we left the draft with Zay Flowers, I would I mean, after the the beauty of round one is that you get time to digest the pick and social media goes crazy and you get to watch everybody's reactions to the pick. I think if the Cowboys walked out around one with Zay Flowers, it would Cowboys Nation would be on over the moon for him. And I'd be the same way. I'm in on Zay Flowers. I just think there are two better names on here. Fair enough. You know, and I think that's a sound reasoning. And, you know, I can't really fault you for thinking that because like I said, it's it's a quality reasoning. Um, my number three obviously is a little different. Um, I'm not telling you where I'm going to put Zay Flowers, but you know, in this situation, I think I would have my third guy being. Um, I think it would be uh, Steve Avila, and and you know, and number three, a lot of people are going to get mad about that because they think that he should be the guy at 26 because he's a plug and play a left guard. Um, yeah, I mean, I, listen, I think it's a little bit of a reach based on this. Him being pick 36, 
you know, that could be wrong. You know, teams may feel better about him than probably I do. And, you know, I don't know. We talk about it all the time. If, if, you know, draft Twitter loves him more than actual, you know, NFL scouts do, but um, Steve Villa at pick three, I'm not going to be mad at it. You know what I mean? I wouldn't be mad at it. Take that pick, let him lock in a left guard. The Cowboys are good there. Um, in that situation, you know, I, I think there's two more guys that I'd prefer to have, but I'm not going to cry, you know, if he, if he's the guy there. Yep. For my number, t- I'll just re- roll this in because my number two is Steve Avia. And this isn't, <laughs> I think I'm completely agree with you in that if we're evaluating talent, I think Zay Flowers is more talented than Steve Avia. I do think that walking out of the first round with, the second best guard in the draft, assuming Osiris Torrance, in my opinion, is the first best guard. If we could walk out of the draft with the second best guard, right? Is there any, am I blanking on guards in the first? I feel like I'm blanking on a top 10. Osiris Torrance. Yeah. Okay. But yeah. Okay. So Osiris Torrance would be number one, obviously. If we could walk out of the first round with Steve Villa, to me, that's like you're walking out with the second best guard at a position that is very important. We've talked about this on the podcast where, The Cowboys offensive line last year was below average to bad. And so I would be, and they also haven't done anything to address it this off season outside of letting Connor McGovern go and adding, Oh, what's his name that I don't, I'm blanking on this. It was that tackle guard hybrid. What's his name? Chudo Odiga. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. That guy, we had him. And so, they haven't done a lot. So to me, the reason I have Steve Villas at two is just because I think he would bring a bigger impact year one, especially in when year one is a year where I expect the Cowboys to be competitive. So Steve Villa two for me. Okay. And it, it, like I said, a lot of the same things you're saying, I echoed just a spot down, right? I'm looking at, you know, I, I guess I look at these rankings literally and I know I'm going to contradict myself here moving forward because it's, you know, spoiler alert. But I feel like I look at value and then I look at fit. So, again, I'm not upset if, if if you know, Avila is the pick. I'm not going to be mad about that. I'll be ecstatic. But who I'm going to put number two is probably who you're going to have number one. And I don't want to spoil it for it, but I got Quentin Johnson out of TCU. Now, there's some things that people don't love about his game. I think is nitpicky. I think that they don't feel like, you know, he's got the tactician when it comes to route running and maybe he's like a straight line guy and, you know, he, you know, his game isn't as well-rounded as some other guys. I don't, I don't know if I really buy in that because I can see it now. Like I said about Zay flowers, he'll end up being a giant and he'll kill us two year, two, twice a year. You know what I mean? So, I love Quentin Johnson. There's just one guy I love better. We had talked about earlier, and I'll really get into it more. But um, Quentin Johnson at number two, and the reason why I think guard is a bigger need than wide receiver, which we had talked about. But I'm just in this new age NFL. You gotta, you gotta have the clip loaded. You know what I mean? You gotta have weapons. You gotta have guys that go out there and 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 you know you gotta go score points basically. And I understand you gotta protect the quarterback, and but the offensive line. It's it's got to be figured out. It's got to be configured. I think the Cowboys have the answer at life, left guard on the roster right now. Do they decide to make the and flip the switch is another question. So I'm looking, knowing that I have that in my back pocket, I'm trying to get better offensively. So give me Quentin Johnson at number two, and I feel like you kind of agree with me, but just a little more passionately. Yeah, so I completely will just – this is – a seamless transition because my number one is, of course, Quentin Johnson. 
To me, I don't know when we talked about it. I don't, it could have been last year. It could have been at the beginning of this year, but we were talking about what we didn't like about the NFL um, combine. And to me, it was the fact that we're, we put, because the NFL combine is so close to the draft, we tend to put so much weight into the combine that we completely forgot about what happened on the actual football field. And to me, the perfect example of this is with Quentin Johnson. Yes, he's, has, Cone and his shuttle drills were not great. He's not turning very quickly. He's not the most agile player on the field. He's also not the most fast. But it was the same story with DK Metcalf. And I'm not comparing the two players. But what I'm saying is that when I watched Quentin Johnson on the football field, and as a Texas fan, I was I watched TCU a lot this season because a they were a very fun team to watch, and b in the Big Twelve I was watching I was naturally watching a lot of them. I just kept watching Quentin Johnson thinking this guy has to be a top five pick. He doesn't drop anything. He has the big body. He has the speed to get downfield. He's like, he's like Deandre Hopkins. And this is going to sound like a weird comparison, but uh, Travis Kelsey, where even though they're the best player on the football field, they magically find themselves without any defenders around them. And it's just like, how did the entire 11 guys on defense forget this guy's playing and the best receiver on the field and it's just a result of how shifty they are in their play and so to me quentin johnson is the best receiver in the draft honestly revising my rankings i think the only reason i didn't have zay flowers at two is because i didn't want two wide receivers back to back at each app like i wanted that break of guard <laughs> zay flowers and steven via to me are a little bit interchangeable at two or three but quentin johnson's absolutely my number one I love when we're a little different because we both have sound reasoning and we all, both understand like our thought processes. But in this situation, we just have a flip flop a little bit. So, you know, not like it's a big surprise, but Zay Flower is my number one guy. Um, and it's because what you mentioned is how I feel about it. Like, yes, Zay Flower was impressed during the combine. He impressed with his, his size and his measurables. But on the field, when you play for Boston College and you're like, scrapping it out with Maine of all teams like you're playing like really like low-end schools and you're not winning convincingly and but you happen to have a stud that like it doesn't matter if you're playing SEC ACC if you're playing CAA in the one double a division like this guy is somebody you have to plan for so he transitions conferences he transcends leagues I think that Zay Flowers is going to be a plug-and-play guy. His type of game is something that just transitions so well. And I think, again, I'm, I'm going to make myself sad because I don't know if he'll be there. I don't know if he'll touch 26. But if he's a find a way to be there, man, the Cowboys would be so much better for taking him. And um, But, again, Quentin Johnson at two. You know what I mean? That's my guy, too, as well. I'm sitting I here like, think he's going to be there. Yeah. I mean, let me ask you a question. Of the so, who's your top three? Is it Jackson Smith and Jigba, Zay Flowers, Quentin Johnson? Are those your three wide receivers? Uh, no, my number one's Quentin Johnson, two is JSN, three is Zay Flowers, four. I think at that point, Zay Flowers and Jordan Addison are interchangeable. Jordan yeah. Addison, same story as Quentin Johnson, where I just watched him play. I was like, this guy is just absurd. Yeah. I only ask because do you think that any of those four will be there at 26? <sighs> One of them has to, right? Like that's my opinion. How many wide receiver needy teams are like? I mean, there are just so many. We're talking about where there's five quarterbacks that will likely be selected before Dallas picks, and Richardson, Levis, Young, Stroud, and probably Hooker. Hendon Hooker will be selected. 
I mean, there are only so many players that can get taken in twenty within 25 picks. There are 25 players to be exact. And the odds that all four of those receivers go off the board, I it's going to break my heart, man. Yeah, I just if if you're going to tell me that C.D. Lamb is able to fall to 17, one of these four guys has to make it to the 26, in my opinion. Now, I, you know, it would be funny because it's going to go like 23, 24, and then we're going to sit there and none of them are going to be there, you know, at 26. That was going to be my one counterpoint was that like right after CD lamb, it went what like Jalen Rager and Justin Jefferson, the next two picks or like yeah. two out of the next three or something. Like we always see runs, you know, we always see runs yeah. in the draft where it's like, Oh my God, we got to take our guy, you know? So along that line, let's say, let's say that all four of those names are off the board. Do you have a fifth wide receiver option that you would be, you'd be comfortable with uh, the 26 pick? I think I'm bailing, uh, I think I'm bailing off of it in the first round. I mean, maybe Josh Downs. I mean, would you would you take Josh Downs at 26? I wouldn't take Josh Downs at 26. I will say Hyatt, Jalen Hyatt. Yeah. I just I'm in on Hyatt. I'm not in on him at 26, but I also don't think he's gonna make it to the second round. So like, man. So are we saying like tough. six wide receivers in the in the first round? You think? Do you think do you think Downs makes it out of the first round? I think Downs might make it out of the first round. So it's funny, and this is Cowboys fans are funny. I did the first mock draft I did this season, um, from the offseason, I had Jalen Hyatt pick 58. And people it was he's not gonna be there. He's not gonna be there. So it's like they could be right, but hey, what if they're wrong? What if what yeah. if the Cowboys what if the Cowboys go Steve Avila in the first round and we're like, oh, it's a little bit of a reach, but they they attack the need and then come back around and fifty eight Jalen Hyatt's there. That's an I think that's an absolute win for the Cowboys. I oh if that happened in the draft, then yes, the Cowboys slap an A plus on that draft. I don't care I don't care if they <laughs> literally set their other I don't care if they took punters with their every remaining pick they have. That would be a win of a draft. The one thing I'll say is I I do I'm kind of I'm kind of thinking that if we don't take wide receiver in the first round, that list gets really small really quick. And I yep. worry if there's gonna be any meaningful contributors left at 58. And so that's, that's my that's the one thing I'm scared about with this draft. I think you're dead dead right. And that's why I'm so like on board with wide receiver, even yeah. regardless of what they've done with Brandon Cooks and all that, because you're right. The, the the drop off between like the top six guys, top seven guys is like it's a little bit of a cliff. I mean, Marvin Mims of Oklahoma, but he's not a first round guy, no. you know, so it's you know, it's right. It, you're totally right in that sense. So you wonder if you don't get it, you just wait. You just try to find somebody. Is it Jonathan Mingo? I don't know. You look at different <laughs> guys. So um, last question I asked you on this before we kind of wrap things up here is, do you have an honorable mention? Anybody that's like a fourth guy, like you'd bang for the table, you know, for at, at pick 26, or are you good with like everybody else in the second round? Like these are my first round guys. For the same reason I, I'm literally copy and paste my explanation for Steve via Darnell Wright would kind of be the same. Like I'm, yeah, he's a guy that, yeah. Any he guard feels a need for you. Does he? This is asking. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, you know, <laughs> no, I, I don't. Not that I know of. I mean, he played tackle at Tennessee, so I don't right. know if he has any guard flex. But then again, it seems like the luxury pick kind of right? comes out of nowhere. Exactly. And but luxury in that, you know, you're going to need him at some point this season. You just don't know when you're going to need him. assuming that Tyron yeah. Smith's the starter. We haven't yeah. really talked about what the configuration of the offensive line is going to be. But And that's that's why I think it's 
probably more perplexing in the first round than it probably should be like more head scratching because like I, I alluded to a couple minutes ago is you could easily move Tyler Smith inside for a year. Right. And like, now right. you have your five offensive linemen settled out for the year or until, you know, Tyron Smith gets hurt, then you figure it out. Um, but if you choose to keep one of them on the bench, you're, you're, now you're forced in a hand that you probably don't have to. So that's a conversation for another day. And you, you know, go ahead. The, the one thing I'll say is the idea of Darnell Wright as the left tackle, or I don't, yeah, I actually put Darnell Wright left tackle, keep Terrence still at right tackle because Terrence still is a significantly better right tackle than left tackle. And then let Tyron Smith be your swing. To me, that sounds dangerous. I just don't know if they're going to let Tyron Smith be a swing tackle. Yeah. And so, I mean, it's the offensive line specifically tackle is going to be intriguing and in how they handle that. But you know, to kind of keep the segment along here, my honorable mention would probably be Emmanuel Forbes. I think I would take him Emmanuel Forbes. Like we had talked about him last week, a little lean, a little smaller than yeah. the Cowboys like to take, but you know, they're looking at different body style guys than they typically are because they're, you know, it seems like they're prioritizing, you know, tape over, you know, measurables, which I love. Um, look at the tape, trust the tape, trust the scout. So if we can get Emmanuel Forbes at the cornerback position, the Stefan Gilmore situation is a little more future murky than the Brandon Cooks because I believe they have him for two years and Gilmore is in his last year. So you get Emmanuel Forbes in there. You know, you have, you have Stefan Gilmore rental. Next year, you got Jerome Bland, Trayvon Diggs, Emmanuel Forbes. You feel pretty good about that as your three wide, uh, your three cornerbacks. So um, I'd be okay with pick at 26 there, but um, there's some options. There's some talent. And like you mentioned earlier, with the quarterbacks moving up, more talent moves down, and I feel confident that we may be able to get somebody better than we're probably anticipating at this point. Yeah, and one theme for the you seem to be more willing to take, and I I don't think you're wrong in this. I just you're more willing to take a secondary player at pick twenty six than I am. I that's to me that's like lower on my board of where I'd go. But I'm like I said, I don't know if you're like it could be the right pick because we saw how quickly the secondary dropped like flies last season. Yeah, and it's I guess we'll briefly talk about this because we we'll have more to talk about over the next three weeks before the draft starts, but. In a league where everybody's loading up weapons on offense, you need to load up guys that can stop those said weapons on defense. So that the, the athletes on the outside is something that I'm very partial to and something that I'm always looking to get better at. And, you know, there's value in the inside guys and, you, you know, things are still one in the trenches, but you know, this league is different than, you know, probably it was 15 years ago. So you got guys like Pat Mahomes and Josh Allen can load it up and throw that thing 70 yards on a rope. So um, Will Levis coming in can do the same thing, and that, <laughs> you know, so um, it'll be interesting to see. But as we wrap up here, another episode of the First and Ten podcast, any final thoughts, anything else you got to get in your chest? I know I've been talking a ton, so you can shut me up here. Now, I – if – I want the Cowboys to add – another piece either on like we just talked about on the offensive line to give them a little bit like a depth piece or like a wide receiver four. I'd like to see the Cowboys go with one of those, but then again, it's also going to be dictated by what falls to them in the draft. Like whichever, whichever one of those positions, offensive line receiver, or maybe neither of them follow them in the first round. I'd like to see the Cowboys then address that in free agency, because I think if they walk into the season, like if they don't take an offensive linemen in the first round and they walk in with the line that we talked about with Tyron Smith potential gonna get probably gonna get injured at some point that scares me so they need to address it same with receiver I'd like to see them go receiver and free agency if they don't get it in the first round 
Yeah, I agree. Um, there's a lot of work to be done. We can applaud the work that they have done, but you know, the job is not finished. Stephen Jones famously likes to say that talent acquisition is a 24 seven business. Um, and so, you know, we'll see what happens, but, um, you know, we will keep the conversation going and in first and 10, we'll have you locked in on all draft things leading up. We have about, we have, I think we have two more episodes before we, do the review in the third episode. So there's two more pre-draft episodes. And then the third one will be the, you know, the review of what we've done here. So keep it locked. First and 10 um, brought to you by blogging the boys powered by SB nation. As always, Tony Catalina, Aiden Davis. I hope you guys had a great Easter and I hope you have a great Monday. Have a good day. Peace. Peace.